0: Hired by faith, driven by results, it's the Compassion Network podcast with Tia Ramey.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Compassion Network, where we discuss leadership from the perspective of faith. I'm your host, Tia Ramey, and I'm excited to introduce to you my network of compassionate friends around the state of Ohio that have made changing lives their business. Tonight, I want to introduce you to a woman that will help those of you struggling with stress and anxiety amid COVID-19. She has nearly 20 years of experience with trauma-focused therapy for children, teens, adults, and couples. It's safe to say a lot of Ohioans are experiencing some trauma with one million people suddenly out of work amongst many more devastating tragedies happening right now. So I thought it would be important to have a conversation about mental health and the role that faith has in helping us survive this pandemic. Stephanie, welcome to the Compassion Network.
0: Thank you, Ms. Tia Ramey. It is an honor and a pleasure to be joining you this evening. I am a huge fan of yours, as you know.
1: And I, yours. So I'm, I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, this is an important discussion Uh, especially right now. I I know that a lot of people are really struggling. And with different things on different levels, you know, you've got some people who are stressed out. Um, Judge Terry Jamison came on the show yesterday and talked about people who are stressed because they're not used to spending this much time with their family. You know, some people are stressed because they're at work. You know, they're working from home Mm -hmm. and they're trying to manage it all. Some people are stressed because they are out of work you know, all together, and then some people are stressed because they have to go to work because they are essential employees, so everyone has a journey with this, not Mm -hmm. to mention the people who have, you know, lost uh, relatives right now and loved ones, you know, they're dealing with that trauma, Uh, so I I just thought it was important to have a professional come on the show and walk us through what's happening, so if you can just, you know, give us some an overview of your professional background, we'd like to hear about you know, your journey into mental health?
0: Absolutely. Um, so I'll start out by telling you, Tia, that becoming a therapist was a second career for me. So my undergraduate degree mm-hmm. is in broadcast journalism, can you imagine, from Ohio University. Wow. And, yes, yes, E.W. Scripps School of Journalism, I think today it's still one of the top, like, five in the country. Um, I would say in my early 30s, I decided I wanted to change careers. It was always um, a desire of mine to go to law school, Um, but, you know, for various reasons, including the birth of my beautiful daughter when I was 21, I decided not to go immediately into law school. But in my mind, I'm thinking early 30s, she's a little older, so I'm going to law school. So I decided to first go to paralegal school at Franklin University's uh, paralegal school, and I thought that that would be kind of like um, how I would get my feet wet and then move on to law school. So this volunteer organization called Casa of Franklin County came to our class and talked about volunteering as a um, guardian ad litem. And for those who don't know what guardian ad litems are, they typically work in the juvenile courts and they represent the interests of children. And they usually work in conjunction with a judge, um, maybe children's services, but really their role is to um, assess and make determinations on what is best for the child involved in the case, whether it's abuse, neglect, dependency, child custody, that kind of stuff. So literally a free volunteer position changed the entire course of my life. I fell in love with that little volunteer position, and that led to me making a uh, career change that led me to becoming a licensed trauma-focused therapist. And for people who I tell that story to, I tell them that I know it was God because at no time in my life, I'm talking from zero To 32, did I ever consider becoming a therapist? So I know that that was a move of God, that I went into the social work field and eventually became a trauma-focused therapist. I I say everything happens the way it's supposed to do and supposed to, and God does not make mistakes. That's
1: incredible, and and what a journey! I think that um, it it is amazing how we make plans for our life, and. Yes. You know, it, it doesn't quite go that way sometimes. There's so many twists and turns, and we think that our ideas are are uh, just the best idea ever. Uh, I was supposed to be a fashion uh-huh. designer. That's what I sought out to be, and the Lord had me go in a different direction. I'm so glad that he did uh, now.
0: Me too. But
1: I, isn't that something? I say that he makes better decisions for us than what we make for ourselves. He knows what he made. So, I mean, talk to me he about, absolutely you know, now. You know. Yes. Yes, he does, and I appreciate that. Uh, So how does your faith inspire your work as a counselor? Because I know that you hear so many stories all the time. That's got to be heavy. Um, Talk to us about, you know, how your faith interacts with this work that you do.
0: So that's why I say that I know that God ordered my steps. Um, If it had been left to me and my ego, I'd be a corporate attorney. (laughs) (laughs) but God had other plans for me. So when I went into the social work field, I initially started as like a case manager, therapeutic case manager, then I became a therapist. And I gained exposure, knowledge, and experience in trauma-focused therapy. Now, hearing about trauma and trauma-focused therapy and trauma-focused treatment is not a big deal today. But 10, 13, 15 years ago, people weren't talking about trauma. So the course of my professional experience kept me in this field of children, families, couples, and trauma. So as I grew in my knowledge and experience in the social work field and I went back to school and got my master's in social work, I stayed unintentionally. It was not intentional. Unintentionally, I stayed on this path. Path of trauma focused treatment and children and families and couples. And I honestly believe that my steps were ordered by God. Had I, did I experience some trauma in my young adult life or well, young like 20s? Yes, absolutely. Mostly secondary trauma. Did it impact me? Yes. But again, looking 10, 15, 20 years back, no one was talking about trauma and how it impacts your functioning, decision making relationships. So I know that God ordered my steps. And each, each step of the way, I kept gaining all this experience in trauma and working with children and families. And um, it led me to, once I graduated with my master's in social work in 2010, to become a licensed therapist and actually get training um, as a therapist, a trauma-focused therapist, not just a trauma-informed social worker. And I honestly believe today that Uh, I am operating in my ministry, and how I know that is that other people look at me and wonder, how do you sit and listen to the worst experiences in people's lives and it not break you? Because when I am operating, even in sessions, even if we never talk about God, I am always operating and in service through him. So in the flesh, in the natural, I do not think I would be able to do this work and actually love my job because when I tell you I love trauma-focused work, I do, and people think I'm crazy. It's because I'm doing the Lord's work. It really ain't – it's not about me.
1: I love that you said that, and and one thing that I appreciate, um, a lot of people feel like miracles were something that happened in the days of the Bible, but I think that any time someone's life is changed – It is a miracle. If you can do something uh, different uh, than what you did, especially if that something different is now out of a place of healing instead of a place of hurting, that's a miracle. And, And to hear someone that is filled with faith to be able to be a part of that transition process, it has to renew you in your faith, I'm sure.
0: It does. And when I say I've been healed, not just in the supernatural or spiritual sense, but I also, throughout my adult life, sought therapy, trauma-focused therapy, regular therapy, just going to a, a therapist who doesn't necessarily specialize in trauma. So I didn't do the work just spiritually, like, praying to God and asking for guidance and surrendering and all of those things that you do in the spiritual realm, I also sought wise counsel in the world. Let me go see professionals who can help me work through all of this. So I think it's a combination of those two things that, one, makes me a great therapist. Two, mm-hmm. makes me a great A good or I'm going to say great because I think I'm a great trauma-focused therapist. Um, I believe in what God (laughs) has allowed me to do. Um, But it also Mm -hmm. has helped me not lose myself in the process of helping other people heal because I always keep in the front of my mind that it's God through me that's doing the work. It is not me because me in the flesh, I probably would have had a nervous breakdown by now.
1: Well, I'm sure especially dealing with trauma, I know that you've had to hear some devastating stories. So let me ask you this because um, this episode is about destigmatizing mental health. And you made some really important points about um, not just doing some of the more spiritual practices but seeking professional help. Why do you think that there is such stigma uh, in the faith community with, you know, that addition of not just, you know, going to church or praying or fasting or reading or whatever, you know, the practices Mm -hmm. our people have, but also seeking godly counsel or wise counsel or counsel in general, you know, from a professional.
0: Absolutely. So I I think that's a complicated answer. I think depending on who you're talking to, uh, what denomination we're talking about, uh, do you consider yourself a religious person or are you more of a spiritual person? Um, I think a lot of those factors, how you grew up, you know, where you grew up, um, all of those factors come into play, right? But from, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. personal opinion, I think that people in the faith community in general, uh, some think maybe that you are betraying God or you're putting somebody in place of God in terms of seeking healing or understanding or knowledge or, you know, support. Um, I don't think that's the case. In my mind, I feel like God created these wonderful, beautiful, talented people, uh, mental health professionals, psychiatrists, psychologists. He created these uh, geniuses who have created medications that can bring um, uh, balance and, and stability to our minds and spirits and and give us time and space to actually not just take medication but then turn around and go to therapy and do that deeper work to help us heal from things um, and evolve, God created those people. God made it possible for these things to be created, medication, um, counseling, psychiatry, inpatient units. I've had, you know, clients who have um, sought, um, had to be hospitalized for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, and then they step down to intensive outpatient. In my mind, I feel like God created all these things. So why would we not both lean on him, but also Mm -hmm. turn and lean on the knowledge and expertise of mental health professionals? So that we're not just healing in the worldly sense, but we are simultaneously healing spiritually as well. I think we can do both. You can love God and also go to counseling. I agree. You know, I, I say that God is the ultimate employer, right? Um,
1: and and mm-hmm. if someone is a business owner, what they do, and you are a business owner, you own a process, and you take your process and you break it down into roles so someone and that's how jobs yes. are created you know um and i think that that's exactly what god did when he said that we were made in his image you know we just look at god as a healer and if you believe him to be a healer uh we have so many doctors from the hair on your head all the way down to your feet yeah. um there's a doctor for the brain yeah. the skin the eyes you know so it's why couldn't there be a, a doctor or a professional for the mind, which is the most important part of you? Yeah. So oh, I agree oh, with that oh. 100%. Mm-hmm. He's a top employer. So just just that right Absolutely. there. Uh, there's a lot to be said, and and I don't think that you can put, you know, everything um, on the shoulders of. of Unless, you know, a clergy or pastors and things are, are trained properly for those sort of things. But um, it's, it's okay to find someone who focuses and have that, has that sort of specialty that is unbiased.
0: And I have to tell you, um, I actually, at this point, don't have a particular church home. I go from church to church, about three or four churches. I kind of circle through those three or four churches, Um, but I also do a lot of work in the community. What makes me feel good about mental health and the faith community is I believe that pastors are starting to understand the importance of encouraging from the pulpit people um, seeking God, you know, praying, fasting, meditating, praising God, um, staying in their word, but at the same time not being afraid to go out into the world and find competent and trustworthy mental health professionals to help uh, their um, the people in their church as well. So I've heard a lot more conversations coming from the pulpit, and that's important. Coming from the pulpit, coming from these pastors mm-hmm. and bishops and ministers, um, encouraging Uh, the people in their churches to do both. And that, all that makes Mm -hmm. my heart sing when I hear that.
1: That's good. So let me ask you this. If if someone is looking for a counselor, you know, how do you find Mm -hmm. the counselor that's good for you? Uh, Because, you know, that the mind is a a powerful thing. And some people have said, well, that didn't work for me. And, And I'm sure that maybe it's a matter of maybe who you're sitting with or who that counselor is or what their capabilities are, maybe their specialties. How, how does someone go about finding the right person to work with?
0: Okay, so I'm going to speak to you first as um, a therapist and a private practitioner and business owner, and then I'm going to speak to you as a woman of faith. So clinically speaking and professionally speaking, if you feel or someone close to you that you love and respect and trust feels that you need to seek um, mental health services, there's numerous ways you can go about it. You can call your insurance company, they can uh, refer you to someone. Um, you can, some people's employers off, offer something called EAP services where you get three, five, up to eight sessions free, um, and you don't have to necessarily use your insurance. You know, it's a part of your benefits mm. package. Um, you could go contact your HR department or ask your supervisor, you know, um, I'd like to utilize EAP services. So, you know, you could go that route. Um, If you don't have insurance, or maybe you have, like, huge deductibles and you can't afford to pay the deductibles because everyone's insurance package looks different, you can also call an organization called Mental Health America of Franklin County. Um, They offer pro bono. Counseling services or counseling services at a reduced rate, and they are linked with small private practitioners as well as organizations all around the city. So that's Franklin, uh, that's uh, Mental Health America of Franklin County. Um, You could also look on Psychology Today. I'm listed on Psychology Today. What I love about Psychology Today, and it's a website, um, and they host or they have information on therapists and psychiatrists and psychologists all around the country. But what I love about Psychology Today is that you could put in specific things you were looking for. Some people only want to go to a female therapist. Some people only want to go to a male. Some people want an older therapist. Some people want a younger one. Some people, you know, will make decisions about who they want to go see based on race, sexual orientation, any number of things. I feel like psychology today is a really flexible um, uh, tool that you can use to specify what you're looking for. So that's what I would suggest as a mental health professional and a business owner. On a spiritual level, I feel like, in my opinion, the closer your relationship is with God and the more in tune you are to what he's trying to say to you, I feel like you can make decisions about who you go see and you will know in your heart and spirit that it's the right person. In general, I tend to make wiser decisions when I'm in line with, God and what he wants for me in my life, and I'm listening to him. I'm not just talking to him, but I'm actually listening to him when he talks back to me. So I've had many people come into my office for counseling, and at the end of the first session, they'll say, you know what? I wasn't sure about counseling, but something told me to contact you. Or I was going through psychology today, and I called five people, and you're the only person who called me back. Well, in my mind, on a spiritual level, that's not an accident. There's a reason that those people ended up in my office at that particular time and place. God does not make mistakes. So I would say hey. as a person of faith, don't mm-hmm. just operate in the world and say, okay, I think I'm depressed. I need to go see a doctor or a therapist you need to be praying to God, what is happening to me? What are you trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. What do you want me to see? What am I missing? And if you operating in that realm, you're not going to make mistakes about who you choose as your primary care doctor, your behavioral health therapist. You're not going to make those kind of mistakes. Now, that's just my opinion as a woman of God.
1: I appreciate you saying that. I really do. Um, and, I know that I am an advocate and a believer and a practicer of mental health. And it was very important to me that if I were going to see a counselor, that someone understood me as a woman of faith, um, a woman of deep uh, conviction, you know, um, that is highly motivated by what the Lord has to say to me. So I couldn't just go to anyone and I prayed and I asked about it. And within that day, sure enough, I met, uh, my therapist right in the hallway had no idea that's what she did. The Lord just led me right there. It was right under my nose. So uh, God is so good, and, and i doesn't affirming what you're mistakes. saying. No, he does Absolutely. not.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and anytime someone says that to me, because I know that I am who I am because of God, and I know what he has delivered me from, I don't take that lightly. I always think in my mind when they say that it's not me, it's the God in me that they are attracted to. It's not me. God brought you to me. It's not me. I mean, yes, I I'm a am ai believe I'm a good therapist. I'm a great trauma-focused therapist, but you know, there's a bunch mm-hmm. of them out there.
1: So that asks the you that in um,
0: me.
1: it's that's right. That's right. And You know, I want to ask you this question um, because I get this a lot, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people assume that people who see therapists or go to counseling are just Mm -hmm. broken people that, you know, have either done terrible things or terrible things have happened to them. Um, What is, you know, maybe some of the myths about therapy uh, that you can help to unpack Mm -hmm. a bit for our audience, if you can kind of clear that up? (laughs)
0: So I think the biggest misconception is that people that go to therapy are crazy. That is absolutely not the case. And speaking as a therapist, I get most excited about people who come to see me when nothing in particular is going on because what that tells me is that they want to continue to be in a good place and they're open to growing and learning different things, right? So it always makes my heart skip a beat when someone comes, well, you know, overall, like, life is good. I just kind of want somebody to talk to and, you know, just process things with and, you know, I, I talk to my friends, I talk to my family, I talk to my husband, I talk to my wife, and that's great, but sometimes I just want an impartial, unbiased opinion. So the biggest misconception is that, you have to be crazy or there has to be a crisis in your life to come to therapy. No, absolutely not. Um, I also believe in maintenance. So I myself, I have been in therapy at different stages of my life, Um, brief therapy, not always like for years and years, but I believe in maintenance. I absolutely believe that you could go to a therapist for a particular issue and receive healing from that discharged successfully in six months, a year, two months down the line, something else comes up, and it's like, okay, so this isn't huge, but, you know, I feel like I need to talk to somebody impartial, right? Come back to therapy. There's nothing wrong with it.
1: That's good. You know, um, I've said this before that, One thing I I appreciated about therapy is, like you said, going when there's nothing wrong. But the facts are, you know, that we experience a lot in life and in a day. Um, I have a very high-pressure life. I have a lot of responsibility. And there's one thing that I resent is the idea that we are so nice to people all day. And then when we come home, we give our families what is left of our attitude if we have anything Mm -hmm. left. And then those are the people we're snappy or snarky or whatever with. And I really resent the idea that we take people for granted and think that our families are where we dump all of our negative emotions that we couldn't express throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So having going to therapy regularly for me, you know, once or twice a, twice a month is a place where I can go and place those things and process those feelings or those attitudes or those things that happen throughout the day or some of those mm-hmm. disappointments and frustrations at work So I don't have to take it home to my family and they can continue to have the best of me the same way everyone else does. So I really appreciate you saying that people who practice therapy aren't
0: crazy (laughs) necessarily. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I will tell you this. So people ask me, how do you deal with, you know, what you deal with? So in everybody's life, I feel like there's a worldly physical, right, slash physical and spiritual, path that you're on and you're on both paths at the same time so spiritually i know how to take care of myself guess what any good therapist is going to have a therapist or, of his or her own i don't i do not only have a therapist individually i have a therapy consulting consultation group other therapists Thank in you. private practice mm-hmm routinely meet and support each other. I have someone who reached out to me, and I'm about to join a second consultation group. So I wouldn't be who I am if I wasn't just taking care of myself spiritually, but also taking care of my own mental health. How could I be a good good. service? Spiritually or in the world?
1: Gears a bit because people are going through it right now. Can you give them some um, practical tips? of just some things they can do right now to help them manage anxiety. You know, we're all stuck at home right now um, going through whatever disasters are happening. Uh, so my prayers are out for people right now. Yes. What can they do to help them manage their anxiety right now? What are some healthy practices they can put into place?
0: So first of all, let me say, because I didn't touch on this, um, secondary trauma is real. So I believe that all of us are in this shared traumatic experience we're all going through it at the same time and even if your situation is not the worst like your needs are being met your family's healthy and safe it is heart and soul crushing to watch other people suffer so everyone needs to consider that we're all experiencing some vicarious or secondary trauma right now that's one even if life is good for us individually It hurts us as human beings to watch other people suffer, right? And this kind of sense of anxiety and this unknown, like COVID-19 or coronavirus could hit any. We don't know how or where it's coming. That is terrifying and anxiety-provoking. Two, we're all being forced to be at home. No one is used to being home all day, every day, all in the same space. So let's all extend ourselves some grace. It does not mean we're terrible parents if our kids are getting on our nerves or we're terrible spouses if we're like, oh, my goodness, if I don't get out of this house, I'm going to kill my husband or wife. Like, and I don't mean literally kill, but just the frustration of being in the same space day in and day out. So we got to extend ourselves right. some grace. Three, it's okay to not feel your best. Allow yourself to feel what you're feeling, but don't stay stuck in it. So some days you may feel you have high hopes and you're feeling optimistic and you're feeling like everything's running well, your little uh, schedule for your family's going well, and then the next day all heck can break loose and you're feeling like a failure. Allow yourself to feel what you feel, but don't stay stuck in it because that's when you begin to have some problems, if you stay stuck in it. The other thing is this is the absolute best time to seek counseling. Two months ago, all the insurance companies I'm paneled with were not allowing teletherapy. Now everyone is. You can actually have telephonic therapy now. Insurance companies are actually approving therapy sessions via telephone. This is the absolute best time to seek therapy, even if it's just, to have someone to vent to other than the people in the house with you. So to your point, to avoid dumping on the people who are going through the same thing you're going through and they having the same struggles you're having, it just might look different based on age and gender. The other thing is I tell all of my clients every day, be intentional about taking care of yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Do three things. Every day, for one thing, have at least three things in each area, but do one thing a day to take care of yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And this is the most important. Spiritually speaking, you should be asking yourself, God, what is the lesson in this? What are you trying to tell me? Anytime I get in a tough spot, I ask those two questions. God, what are you trying to tell me? What am I supposed to get out of this? Because right now, the entire world is supposed to be getting something out of this. There's a lesson for the entire world to learn from God. But there's also individual lessons for us to learn as well. If you do all of those things, my, my hope and prayer is that you will survive this and come out of this situation stronger, better. If you don't take this opportunity to ask those questions, God, what are you trying to tell me? What am I supposed to get out of this? And you don't become a better human being on the other side of this, you lost an opportunity to grow.
1: That's good. That's really good. Oh,
0: I hate that we're near the end. (laughs)
1: This was a a really wonderful conversation. Such a great conversation. Let me just ask this last question, and I ask everyone that comes on the Compassion Network, how can we support you?
0: You can support me by supporting yourself. So go to psychology today if you need a therapist. You don't have to come to see me. There's lots of wonderful, competent therapists out there. Um, go to Psychology Today. Go to Mental Health America, Franklin County. Call your insurance company if you need to find a therapist. If you would like to contact me, my website is www.starkcounseling.us. My office telephone number is 614-484-0919. You can call and schedule an appointment. Um, and just take care of yourself.
1: Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you coming. This was awesome. And I will make sure that your contact information. God bless you. And the pleasure was all mine. I'm going to make sure that your contact info is on the website for those who are listening. And um, who will be downloading this podcast. Hopefully you save this and share this with someone that is experiencing some trauma right now. I'm sure that those people are not hard to come by at all. Like she said, even secondary trauma Absolutely. is still trauma. Still trauma. Yes. Still a lot of pressure. But guys, in closing, Absolutely. the Compassion Network is all about leadership from the perspective of faith. It takes great faith and courage to seek help and support when you're hurting. It's okay to say that you're not okay and seek help from a counselor. Please learn more about Stephanie Starks by visiting CompassionNetworkPodcast.com to read her bio. Tomorrow night, another wellness expert who specializes in fitness and nutrition will give you a plan to stay healthy while you're at home. So thank you for tuning into the Compassion Network Podcast. Follow us on social media and let faith lead you into greatness. You are listening to the Compassion Network Podcast.